Hello coders, welcome to episode 168 of the How to Code Well podcast. Today we're going to be talking about design systems and I'll explain what those are in just a second. Let's start by talking about the changelog. So what have I been getting up to in the evenings and weekend from last week? And we have been creating a uh, a playground, a playground in the howtocopewell.net platform. And we've got this mono repo that I've set up and I've created a folder called playground. And in that folder, there is just a series of experiments at the minute. So this is an area where I can just try things out. It's kind of like a lab, if you want, where I'm just trial trying things out that aren't necessarily going to be added to the core code base of the, you know, the platform, the portal and the stuff that we've been building. This is just where I'm experimenting and trying things out and Last week on episode 167, I was talking about React and the way I want to use React to decouple the front end, the content management system, the podcast site, as well as eventually creating a React native uh, web or mobile app, and then using React to share components across the systems. And that's what I've started doing. In fact, on Tuesday, I did a live stream on YouTube, I'll I'll get the link in the show notes, where we were actually replicating or rebuilding the bootstrap panel. So you have a series of panels, a default panel, an info panel, an error panel, a warning panel, and a success panel, and sort of rebuilding that using React components. So I'll put a link down in the show notes below for that. And this is what we're going to be building in the coming streams, I think, because as well as that, I've also been working on the deployment stuff using Terraform Ansible um, and other good DevOpsy type tools. But I don't really want to show that on stream. So instead of doing that on stream, I'm going to be doing the React components. And essentially, I'm going to be basically looking at the the, the current site, howtocodewell.net, and just creating React components off the back of that. So that's what we're going to be doing coming through. Another thing is that next week I'm giving a talk at PHP Minds. This is going to be an online talk, and this talk is about PHP CS, so code sniffing. And it's going to be called Code with Confidence Using PHP CS. Yes, it's very similar to the previous talk that I've gave, um, which is Code with Confidence Using PHP Stan. It's going to be following a similar sort of formula, if you will. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's the first time I'm going to give that talk. So that's cool. That's happening next Thursday. But don't worry, we'll still have a podcast next Thursday. I'm not doing these things live anymore. So this allows me to record these, say, in another on another evening or in the mornings and then able to get this out to you on the Thursday. Also, PHP UK has announced their CFP, their call for papers, as well as releasing their early bird tickets. Now, I have uh, the early bird tickets as well. So if you want to watch, if you want to meet me next year uh, to in 2023 at PHP UK, then uh, let me know, hook me up and uh, we'll say hello and enjoy a beer together. It's a very good conference. I highly recommend it. It was great this year. Um, That was the first time I actually went this year and it was so good. I've got tickets to see them again. (laughs) Okay, so also some other random news is that this week I'm off to see the England versus Scotland uh, 
boxing match and the other matches as well in the Commonwealth Games. So I'm really excited to see that. It's the first time I've actually gone to see uh, a boxing match or boxing matches. So that'll be fun. Okay, so before we get into the design system stuff, I do have some articles and some news that I wouldn't mind mentioning, or mostly articles. Um, there's actually just three of them, to be fair, looking at my notes. So we have uh, a link to the Smashing Magazine article about REST API and React fetching using Axios. Um, so this is a link that I was I read uh, over the week where I wanted to understand how to actually properly call APIs through using React because eventually I need to do that, right? Um, and I've been sort of planning in my head uh, the architecture about what is a component versus what is an API request. And I've got some ideas. I'm not going to be talking about them too much today about how I can possibly open source the components that I'm building for, um, well, what I'm building in the playground, open sourcing those, and then having a API layer that is private source that can bolt into it and then provide the components with some form of data source. So that's pretty cool. So that, that, that's sort of an insight, if you will, as to where my mind is going in the future. There's also a link as well on how to use the React router to create an image, which is an image link. Again, I'm going to need this for one of the components that I'm building. There's also a link in the show notes regarding the React Higher Order Components, or HOC. This is an advanced pattern that um, it's like a technique, if you will, for reusing component logic. So I'll just give you a, a brief, uh, a, a brief spiel, if you want, of what this means. So a, a higher order component or HOC is an advanced technique in React for reusing component logic. HOCs are not part of the React API per se. They are a pattern that emerges from React's compositional nature. Con um, it essentially means that a higher order component is a function that takes a component and then returns a new component from that. So I've got a, a, a link that describes all of that from the reactjs.org uh, site. So you can tell I've, I'm, my head is in React world right now. Okay, so let's talk about design systems, right? The whole point of today's show. What is a design system? Well, this has come off of the back of me playing, creating this playground because essentially what I, well, what I've been doing is I've created a UI library, a UI library, which has a, a bunch of components or will have a bunch of components. There's only one at the minute. Um, but it also has a series of rules and standards as to how I would like these components to look and feel in the various places that the components will live in. So for instance, I could share the component in the podcast site, which is howtocodewell.fm, or the portal site, which is howtocodewell.net, or the CMS, or the React Native uh, application that is yet to be born. And so I kind of wanted to have, or I, I need some form of guidance, some standards, some set of rules that I follow when I'm doing this and a place to have these components where I can pick and choose which component I want to use and then develop a component and test a component in a place that is sort of outside of the scope of the other applications. Personally, I find that you can get very blinkered 
or very sort of you can see the not blinkered that's the the wrong way of saying it it's the other way actually so you get too overwhelmed with all the other components that are on the site and you start putting in little hit hacks here and there so if you have a place where you can actually just create a component a single component and not worry about anything else that could interfere and pollute your your thought process when building that component, then that works quite well. Hence this UI library that I'm creating. Okay, so I am slowly building what I would call a design system, but what is a design system? So a design system is a collection of reusable components. It's a place for collaboration amongst designers and developers. So it's a place where designers and developers can collaborate together and the designers can come up with the design of the component and also give the developers the code to use. And then the developers can go, well, we also need this, we also need that. And so it becomes a bit of a collaboration tool. It's a set of standards that must be adhered to, right? So it's a set of, of, of UI standards. A lot of places say guidelines, but in my opinion, they are rules and standards that need to be adopted. Otherwise, the guide, the guidelines get too loosey-goosey and things start diverging. And then at that point, there's no point in having any kind of standards if you're not following them. Um, it's, it's a set of principles that are relevant to the business, right? Okay, but hang on a minute. Why don't I just call this a component library? Surely it's just a component library. It's just a place where I can dump components and then use that use the code um, in the various places that are needed. Kind of, it kind of is a component. It's just a component library, but there are more things to it. So just talking about my experience, I, I've worked on big systems where there is design systems in place that all developers need to follow and the designers and the 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 front end people and the user experience people they all sort of chip in and build this design system and i found over time that in my experience as being a contractor and working with various clients there's a spectrum as to what defines what a design system is. It depends on the client and how big they are and how much they are engaged in, in their actual brand as to how complicated or simplistic their design systems are, right? There comes a time in the, in a company's development that requires a design system, right? And there is a time when a design system is too overcomplicated for what they're trying to do, right? So there is a bit of a trade-off. And so there is a spectrum. You don't have to just suddenly use all the things that all the design systems um, have straight away. You can use small bits of the design system. So what do I mean by that? So if you put the component library to one side, and look at the standards of the design system and the principles of the design system, we're all, we then start talking about things like topography, spacing, branding, user experience, language and voice and tone, colors and patterns. And there are so much more, so much more that's involved in a design system. So the component library, the aspect of the, that is actually a very small aspect compared to the whole thing that a design system can provide. So all of the features that design systems can provide. However, if you are just a one-man band like me, you probably don't need to have 
a system in place to say what the brand is, what the voice and tone is, the, the various different things around the user experience and all that lot. However, if you are a massive team and if your brand has sub brands in it and those sub brands need to follow a parent set of guides or standards, then you definitely need to have a design system. So often a design system will explain what is allowed and what is not allowed, as in this logo can be on this colored background, but can't be on that colored background. Um, so. Let's talk now a little bit about a little bit about when you should use a design system. So, when your client has a well-known brand, you need to have a design system. When you have a large team of developers and designers, and they are tripping themselves up over little small hacks here and there to make things fit on the page, right? That's a point in which you need a design system. Something where you can go, okay, hold on. Let's take a step back. Let's build a system that tells us how to design this system, this, this thing that you're doing, right? A set of rules, a set of guidelines, and that way we're not creating hacks and workarounds left and right. We are following a strict set of standards that have been defined. And it's a, it's a growing document. It grows with the application. Or it's a growing system. It's not really a document. It's a growing system. Okay, so also um, when there is no standards that are in place, right? So again, talking about that thing where people are tripping themselves up. If you've got no standards in place, it's a good idea to create at least some form of quote unquote style guide, right? A guide to your branding colors and all of that stuff. It's a good place to put that as a sort of a single, maybe a, just a repository somewhere that you can refer to. Um, it's a collection of assets, right? So if you're creating things like, for instance, if you've got a, a component that has allows for image upload, right? And let's say the image upload fails, but you want to provide an image that says no image or something, then that's that no image. So no underscore image dot PNG or whatever it is that needs to be stored somewhere, right? That needs that asset needs to be stored somewhere. Um, like all of the CSS, like the JavaScript, it's an asset. Those things need to be stored somewhere. The actual assets of the colors, the uh, branding guides, all of those things, they need to be stored in, say, your UI library or your style guide. And this can be as complicated as you want or as simple as you want or as you need, I should say. Um, okay, so when you're working on multiple projects that must adhere to a similar set of design standards. So, this is where I fall in, right? Because you've got the podcast site, which is howtocodewell.fm. You've got the, uh, the the portal site, which is howtocodewell.net. Then eventually there will be the React Native uh, mobile application, quote unquote, could be React Native. I haven't fully decided that yet. And then you've got the content management system. So you've got a, a series of things, projects that need to follow a, a series of st standards and share a series of components. So that's for me, but in the real world situation, you've got companies such as Coke, right? Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola has its brand, Coca-Cola, right? Everybody knows what Coca-Cola looks like. If I was to say to you, what does Coca-Cola look like? You'll be able to go, oh, it's red and white because that's the background. The background is red. The logo is white. It's got that funky sort of font. That's all defined and 
rules are set in some form of design system. But you've also got sub brands. So you've got things like Diet Coke. You've got Cherry Coke. You've got all the other types of different Cokes. They all have their own sort of style, right? So if you've got a, a full fat Coke, you've got a Diet Coke and you've got a Cherry Coke, all of the cans in front of you, you know that they are made by Coca-Cola, but you also know their sub brands by the way they look, by the rules that are followed for those sub brands. The point that I was trying to make there is that design systems aren't are not just for web applications or mobile applications. They are, they can be used or should be used for things such as print media or just your general brand, right? So it, it's much bigger than what is on the web, okay? Some examples of design systems for web applications though, you've got things like IBM, you've got Shopify. So IBM, sorry, is carbondesignsystems.com. Shopify is Polaris, so that's polaris.shopify.com. Uh, Material Design, which is material.io forward slash design. And then you've got the UK Gov, which is design-system.service.gov.uk. So these are examples of design systems that you can have a look at. Let's talk about tools, some tools that you might be able to use uh, to create design systems. So I've used Figma in the past. That's great for collaboration. It's nah, it's a bit annoying if you're trying to shoehorn a Figma design into an existing set of styles. Um, if it's not a full full one-to-one sort of comparison, what's on Figma and what is on the, the website, that can get quite awkward. Um, I've also used things that are inbuilt. So either the designers and the front end people have created their own um, static site using things like Gatsby or um, there was, I forget the name of, of, of some of them, but the, you can basically search on NPM for things like design systems and you can find a whole bunch of templates that you can use. Essentially though, it is just a static site, right? It is just a static site that has a bunch of components and a series of rules. And that is what I've created. That is what I've created. So I've got a section for topography. I've got a section for the panels that we've created. And I've also got, um, uh, a placeholder for other components. So I want to create things like the, the course thumbnail. I want to create things like an accordion menu. I want to create things like, um, I don't know, the, the, the playlist feature on the howtocodewell.net site. And then with the podcast, I want things like, you know, the player, the video, the, the video player, the audio player. I want things on the CMS for things like tables and all of that stuff. So I can use this quote unquote design system as a means of finding those components and using them. But also I want to use the design system to lay out a series of rules that I need to ad adhere to, such as spacing, such as colors, such as uh, logo alignments and all of that stuff. This is basically where I'm going to go and look for the rules that I've decided. And if it's not in there, then it shouldn't be on the websites. And that's kind of my way of trying to keep, trying to keep true to the design system, I think is, is, is probably going to help me out going forward, especially if I'm having to juggle all these various sort of front end applications. If I've got a, a repository where I can just say, I want that component, can I take that please? Um, and then import that into the current project, then that'd be great. Of course, there's a lot of challenges with that because you have to build a component in such a way that it, it's not, it's not, um, 
coupled to the context it's in, right? So that's quite a challenge, which is another reason why design systems are great because you are breaking that coupling. You're saying that this component that I'm building in isolation in this design system is outside of the application. And the best uh, design systems that I've worked with are design systems that go along with the code, right? So they are in a, 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 a directory within the code. So you check out the code like you would normally. And you're also checking out a small little subsite, which is the design system. So you can actually look at the design system locally on your application. It also is a, a great way when you're working with uh, designers, graphics designers, front end engineers, and you're building a, pro uh, a feature and that feature requires a new component or new set of rules, then they can check out that uh, branch, that feature branch, build the component in there, and then you can use the code that they've created and plug that into the site. It's a very, very good way and collaborative way of working together when you've got those kind of people, the front end engineers working alongside the, the back end engineers on a, a single feature branch and the front end engineers are developing the components that the back end engineers are going to be using. So that's, uh, I've done that before and that was, that was fantastic. The collaboration there was great. And the, the, the way in which the speed in which we could create things were, were great too, because you're, you're constantly evolving this design system as the application is evolving and you're reducing the risk and danger of the design system and the application actually diverging out of, out of sync. So that is, that is design systems. If you've got any questions, if you've got any comments, if you've got any disagreements on what I've just said, then please do let me know. Go to howtocodewell.fm forward slash contact. There is a contact form there and you can uh, ask questions or you can shout at me, whatever, <laughs> then do so. Thank you ever so much for watching or listening. Happy coding, everybody. And I'll see you again next time. Cheers. Bye bye.